We're talking about shame. So I'm going to start off reading a bit out oh, of this book. Yeah, Am I? Name the book. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. this is The Gifts of Imperfection, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And if you don't like words, you can listen to the interview or find her talks online as well. Uh, TED Talks, I think, and others. Uh, but this is just talking about shame. So I'll read a couple of paragraphs, I think, here. Uh, shame keeps worthiness away by convincing us that owning our stories will lead people, lead to people thinking less of us. Shame is all about fear. We're afraid that people won't like us if they know the truth about who we are, where we come from, what we believe, how much we're struggling, or believe it or not, how wonderful we are when soaring. There'll be a real New Zealand one. You don't want people to know. You do want to be seen to be doing well. Tall poppy. Yeah. People often want to believe that shame is reserved for the folks who have survived terrible trauma, but this is not true. Shame is something we all experience, and while it feels as if shame hides in our darkest corners, it actually tends to lurk in all of the familiar places, including appearance and body image, family, parenting, money and work, health, addiction, sex, aging, and religion. Mm. To feel shame is to be human. Um, I think I'll read this one as well. The stories of our struggles are difficult for everyone to own, and if we've worked hard to make sure every, everything looks just right on the outside, the stakes are high when it comes to truth-telling. This is why shame loves perfectionists. It's so easy to keep us quiet. So um, when we st- when the book <coughs> talks about owning our story, Marie, what, is, what does that mean? Hmm. Well, I kind of like what it said in there that we tend to think that shame is just for people that have had trauma or have had something terrible happen in their life and so they, they feel shamed or ashamed um, and... Yeah, I guess this book uh, does look at shame as being a natural kind of um, part of being human. It's it's a quite a hard word to land on shame because shame can shut us down. It stops us from from telling our story. Um, so if a person's had trauma and we get to the place where we are able to talk about our story then we can um, work through some of... People would think that we're working through some of our shame, which which we are. Um, but the difference being is that we're actually working through our shame. You know, <laughs> we've actually told our story and we've got it out there and we've, we've faced it and, it and the shame doesn't hold us captive anymore in regards to being able to work through what trauma you might have had. But for somebody who doesn't recognise shame as coming from uh, just general life... Uh, relationships and what people might speak into us and what we might believe about ourselves. Um, yeah, shame can, uh, it isn't just um, wrapped around a person who's had trauma. So we want to open it up a little bit because shame um, leads to a lot of things that are very unhealthy for us and can down lead down a track of um, shutting down completely and and that can look quite life-threatening for some people. Mm. So do you get people coming to you as a counsellor who, who say, oh, look, I'm suffering terribly from shame, <laughs> or are they, have they gone way past, have, they, have things gone wrong, and when you start working with them, mm. shame, you find under, under what's gone wrong, there's shame? Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone come to me <laughs> and say, I feel shame, uh, because, simply because it's not a word that we like. You know, and it's not a word we want to land on because shame says there's something wrong with me. Yeah. 
you know, I'm broken in some way or I'm, I'm disgusting or I'm, I'm unlovable or I'm uh, not acceptable, not an acceptable human being. Those are really hard places. Yeah, when you said I'm disgusting, that, that didn't <clears throat> feel like a good thing to hear. No. It come out of anyone's mouth, even no. in that no. context. And, and, and yet that's what's sitting behind shame. Um, shame, like I say, shame holds us captive. So, you know, it's not um, we can't single it out and 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 wrap it around somebody who's had trauma. Shame is a a place that we all kind of fall into at some place in our life, depending on what we're we're going through. And it could be that. Um, you know, we'd talked up a, a job that we were going to go to and we thought we were going to get it and all our friends are like, yeah, you're the one, you know, you're going to get this job and then we didn't get the job, you know. And some people might feel just disappointment but for some other people they may hit harder and it might be a real shame factor. Like, That's why I never tell people never about tell something like that <laughs> until, after, until after, right? Until you've got the positive news and if you've got the negative news then there's not quite such a big... Agreed, but... Calm, calm down. Um, some people, you know, we have different personality types and some of us are um, more out there and then probably would say, yeah, yeah, I've got this and that, and then would, would shut down when they didn't get it and would feel, depending on what the feedback was from people, um, yeah, feel that sense of shame. You know, I did, I did something wrong, like I'm, I wasn't good enough or I wasn't this or I wasn't, there's something wrong with me. Um, yeah, so, and shame... Like I said, it, it, it's a, it's a, it, it's shame will close us down. Shame will get us to move away from what is actually um, hurting us and try and be protective of that. So protect ourselves from it. So we might say, oh, I didn't want the job anyway. Like, oh, the boss really sucked or, you know, whatever it might be that, that we felt um, Yeah would give us a, 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 an excuse why we didn't get that job rather than actually I just didn't get the job, you know, sweet. <laughs> I'm quite, you know, I'm upset about it, but I, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hide from this. Well, I mean, not getting mm. a job, obviously you weren't good enough. Is, you know, that's what we, what, that's the message. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so even if maybe there was the most, you know, there might be 50 people going for the job. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just something that we've we've used. It could be that um, you're younger and, and a teenager and you didn't get the girl of your dreams, you know, and, and or it could be... it's Shame can come in really, really quickly. Um, it just It's a bit like an arrow. It's just like, boom, you could be going along quite, quite well and then something happens in your life and then that, that sense of like, ugh, you know, it's a it's a very yucky feeling. It kind of, it's not a feeling like you go, you want to share this. <laughs> so how come how come some people are like go back to the get the girl thing? Some some guys are are able to ask, even though it's there's a lot of trepidation, and some never will. Is is it is that a shame thing there? That that um, fear of rejection. Absolutely, shame, uh, the fear of rejection absolutely brings us into. It all depends on how we have a view of ourselves. You know, if we've, um, I'm good now. If we had, you know, we've grown up and we've got a good, we've got good self-esteem about our, you know, good thoughts about ourselves that we might not be amazing, but we get through. You know, like uh, it really does depend on how you view yourself because it's interesting that 
we can look at relationships where we would think, how did that person get with that person? (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like an odd mix, and yet they're extremely, extremely happy, you know. Um, So we can have a a, a kind of a, um, what's that, Uh, a superficial view of how we look at, at things. It's not a, um, you know, so we think, oh, those people look good together, or those people look odd together, you know. Um, yeah, so shame can, it, depending on, on whether you're feeling strong in yourself, you know, a person who has good self-esteem, has good thoughts about themselves, is probably likely to go and ask somebody, I don't know, do they ask them out even Still, well, don't <laughs> I don't know me. if they do know. that anymore. I don't know how do that works. Ask I don't know how it works either yeah. <laughs> anymore. But they're problem. Yeah, we've got people we could ask, but <clears throat> we need to get some youth in here. How do you do this? Like, it's all online now, so I don't know. <laughs> so I'm lost in this world. Well, it may or not, may or may not be. Uh, <laughs> but <any>. you, <clears throat> somebody who's who's um, get a got a better viewpoint of themselves is more likely to step out and not not be a, afraid of the rejection if that's the word we want to use, that they may receive. And is it rejection? It's just a word that we use, isn't it? Language is such a uh, difficult one sometimes because that's the word we land on if someone didn't get the girl. Oh, he got got rejected. Oh, you got rejected, man. (laughs) Rejection, you know, but actually the girl just didn't want to go out with you. That's, That's fine. That's not actually rejection. It's just not the right fit. Yes, you're going to receive it as rejection. I know, that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> like I think imagine trying to convince someone of that it, it, just moments after they've been... I know. They, yeah, it does feel, yeah. It, oddly enough, yeah, it does feel... Because that's the word that we're used to using, is rejection. But actually, it's okay for someone to say no. It doesn't mean that we're rejected. It's just that person doesn't feel the same about you. But we don't get that thought going in our head. We just go, I've been rejected... Yeah, shame. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. People say that. Hey, <laughs> let's let's look at another bit of the book. I wanted to read. Um, so, folks, I'm reading from "The Gifts of Imperfection" by Brene Brown. Uh, the sub subtitle is "Let Go of Who You Think You're Supposed to Be and Embrace Who You Are." That's mm. good. Uh, so, in addition to the fear of disappointing people or pushing them away with our stories, we're also afraid that if we tell our stories, the weight of a single experience will collapse upon us. There's a real fear that we can be buried or defined by an experience that in reality is only a sliver of who we are. Mm. What does that mean? Because I don't think, I know that some people really feel this, but not everybody does, that Mm. by telling their story, the weight of a single experience will collapse upon them. Like if they say the words that unimaginable, it will unimaginably bad result will occur. I can't even put it into words, but what what is that? Well, I think. You, well, when a person may be going over the trauma of their story, they may get stuck in that story. And so the, the, the weight of that story, they can get caught in it. And then everything that they're living from kind of has that attached to it. Uh, so, yeah, when a person who has been traumatised is giving their story, they're reliving that story as they're giving it. Uh, so in a moment, so much is happening in the memory, in the memories and the feelings that are coming forward. Um, there's a fear that you get trapped in that. And Do you ever get trapped in that? Can you ever get trapped in a, a feeling? Oh, I think that you can get trapped in a perception uh, that comes from the feeling. You know, so you might 
uh, feel rejected and then your perception is that I'm not wanted or I'm unlovable. You know, so we, we feed into the perception of, of the feeling. <laughs> um, but that's the, that <clears throat> thing about the, uh, what was the phrase, the the weight of a single experience will collapse upon mm. us like it's like a world-ending f- feeling mm. which from the outside someone would say objectively well that can't happen just talking about some trauma you had it, it can't actually end the world but lots of people feel this yeah because so, they're I mean, the one experiencing it yeah so what do you say to them like you're counseling them and you, and you come to that moment um what do you as a counselor what do you say and do well, you know, uh, do we come to that moment? I think there are ju- there are moments along the way. There isn't just a moment, and it's more about uh, working with the perception that we've fallen into this belief around ourselves. So, if I, for myself, if I had stayed in the belief that um, you know I wasn't good enough. Um, basically, that was the core message in myself that I wasn't good enough. If I sta- when you were younger, yeah, when I was younger, if yeah. I stayed in that that belief that I had, the perception all around me would have have I would have put myself in situations where that would have been correct. In all situations I put myself in, it, the feedback would have been that I'm not good enough. I would never have gotten to the level I would have liked to have gotten to. So what do you mean you put yourself in situations <clears throat> where you weren't good enough? Yeah, do, well, if you've, got a good, yeah well, if you've got a good perception of yourself, you're not going to go and um, sit in some dangy bar somewhere full of seedy people, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Dodgy guys. <laughs> dodgy people. Going to come up to you, yeah. <laughs> or, or you may not, your perception or you uh, may not be looking for you know, the next thing that you can do that maybe not others are doing, you know, like something bad. You know, your perception is is, is based around your belief in yourself. Is that like people say, it's, there's no point in me trying to do the right thing because I'm no good. Hmm. I might as so well the, just yeah, succumb the, the, to the... There we go. The core message is I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm no good. Yeah. You know, I'm not good enough. The, the core message and, and the the perception of that life that you're living is is going to agree with that. Everything that you're going to live out of that because to change that core belief of what you're thinking about yourself, something in your life has to change. And unless you believe it, you're not going to do it. <laughs> unless you can have the strength to step out and try something else or something new, you're going to stay within the, the perception of what your belief is. So where does the strength come from? Or how many people spend their whole lives in that belief? Well, this is where, well, if it's, if it's domestic violence, um, it can be many, many, many years, if not a lifetime, before you decide, actually, this isn't, this isn't right, this isn't how I want to live. So for people who say, why is, why is she staying with that abusive guy? Mm. This is part of the story. Well, this is part of it, and it's not all of it, because there are so many... You can turn that off now. Um, there are so many different... Uh, fan, folks. We've turned off a fan, <laughs> in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different levels to this. Uh, it's not just one one thing uh, that you can come from. Okay, now I lost my thought on that one. Yeah, Yeah. what were we talking about? I don't know. It's in the book. <laughs> Perception, Aaron. Perceptions and the things we live out of the, you know, and the why, 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 belief yeah, why systems. Why ask the question about is this part of why 
sometimes women don't leave an abusive mm, relationship. That was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, yeah, and, and my answer being, there's different layers to this, and there is you can't just land in one thing and say this is why she's not leaving or he's not leaving, uh, depending. Yep. And um, <clears throat> for some people, it is their perception. For for others, uh, they believe that there's there's no way out of this, or we've got they've gotten so used to the pattern that anything else feels quite foreign. It's a new way, and that can be quite difficult to start a new way. Even when you're young? Or maybe not so much when you're young? <sighs> yeah, because we're so individual and we're so different, how we tackle this is going to be different for everybody. I can only look at my own story and think, what was the strength within me that 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 took me from where I was... Uh, because you experienced that, didn't you? <clears throat> Definitely. A physically oh, abusive yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and shame. and. Yeah. Um, Suffice to say, not a current husband. <laughs> What's that? Well, just oh, no. that it's not, it's not, <laughs> Far from it's not it. BJ. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, this is long, long yeah, before no. he appeared. <laughs> no, he's amazing. Um, yeah, there was always something in me uh, that said that was stronger than what was going on, and I, I kind of knew that. Uh, I couldn't live like this forever. Yeah. There was going to be an end point, but um, that voice certainly needed more more uh, strength in me to be heard. It was just a, a little squeak in the background. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> but it was still there. It was still there. And I guess maybe, you know, for me, my family background, um, it was pretty good. You know, it wasn't a bad Right. Um, background I had uh, generationally I had um, great people in my family uh, if I looked back you know there wasn't a, a massive amount of abuse um, along the way uh, so you know I could land in some places that probably did give me some strength yeah um, you know luckily my mum was very much into keeping old photographs and, and looking back generations. And so she she put this amazing album together that gave me seven generations to look back on wow. uh, within New Zealand, you know, pioneers. And I guess, you know, that, that, that photo album uh, in many ways did give me something to, you know, my ancestors to look at and go... Wow, they had some strength in them. Like they, these mm-hmm. were some pioneers, and it gave me a sense of um, feeling stronger in myself. So, um, what what my situation in my own life may have kept me in a in a place of shame, I could see generationally there were some strong people that I could actually um, look back on and go, "There's some strength in me." Yeah. It may not be in me, but it's in my generations. It's in my ancestors. It's, it's, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. So, like I say, there's many different layers to this. You can't just land on one thing and say, oh, this is the answer through the other side to get through. There's actually a book I want to write called uh, See You on the Other Side. All right. <laughs> but I haven't got there yet. How's Sorry. It, how's, it, how's it going, Marie? It's, well, that's, that's it. That's, it's got that's, a title. That's, that's the title, <laughs> See You on the Other Side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It sound, look, I'm really looking forward to it. Coming me out, too. Really. Yeah. I really am too. So if anyone can help me, that would be really, really helpful. That'd be great. You need a, do you need a ghostwriter? I do need a ghostwriter that can take me past. See you on the other side. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. A true story because I um, there are different layers. So uh, 
So, yeah, I'm trying to think what would help people. I mean, well, I, you, you're talking about that, like you found some little thing that yeah, you could, that you could, that was like a foothold. Yeah, I could land on. But, but say, I'm thinking well, about what about the people who don't have that? That feels very hopeless. Well, in, don't be too disappointed because if you were to do your family history and look back on your mum and dad's side, and you may find some heroes in there. Um, there's, yeah. you know, yes, you're going to find. I mean, not all my ancestors were good people or had good stories, but there's some. There's some heroes in there, pioneers. Hey, eh? when I look at some of, s- of those photos, and 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 the women I'm looking at, I look like men, and they're wearing sackcloths. <laughs> like these are real pioneers. Oh, yeah. There were a lot. There were a lot of scallywags. <laughs> we call them scallywags who came at, ran away from certain things in Europe yeah, that they'd probably, done wrong. Yeah, well, they probably stole some bread somewhere. Or I, I have a somewhere on my mother's side. Um, her name, her maiden name was McGlashan, and somewhere, there, somewhere there's a, a descendant who, no, an ancestor, who I think his family was quite well off, but they sent him to the colonies because he'd been stealing the king's horses. <laughs> so he was not going to, he was he was not going to last f- for much longer well, if he kept that up. So they sent him out here. So I think there was a lot of people out here wow. like like king's that. horses. Eh? At least he didn't go for the pauper's horses. He went for the king's yes, horses. You yes, know, that's right. He's a, he had some a Robin, substance to him. A Robin Hood figure. <laughs> Robin Hood. You know, I mean, look at that though. Look at that history right there. I mean, you can land in something that says one of your ancestors actually had a Robin Hood type. Um, personality, you know, uh, that's something you can like grab onto because, you know, our ancestors come through with us, those those traits within our families um, are good things to look back on. And so if you can't find anything in your in your immediate family um, that because of where you've come from and it doesn't look good, maybe do some searching back. And, and try and find some heroes in your story that you can go, man, yeah, auntie so-and-so, she had it, or grandma, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or papa, <laughs> you know, that guy did some stuff. Um, and I feel that within me. I've got that within me. You might notice some things in your ancestors that will give you strength. Um, so there's, there's one thing to look at. Um, have, you, have you been in a situation of counselling people who need to leave a, in a violent situation and... Probably more so when I worked at, because I used to work at HAPE 100 million years ago, um, doing men's groups. Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton Abuse Prevention. Oh, it was a pilot program then. Yes. And I think it went into prevention program. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think more so, well, if I look back before even then, yes, of course I had people in my own life who were leaving uh, friendships, who were trying to leave uh, abusive relationships but for me that whole process of what how that had to go was quite disturbing, you know it's never an easy thing to leave mm. uh, it's quite it's quite a process for the victim. You've talked about it in the past, just the sheer thing, like you've got to get your mail redirected as, as, as something. Yeah, oh. which never occurred to the rest of us. But when you just leave, well... There's so much that holds yeah. you where you are um, because it's not a simple matter of just, you know, up and leaving, although it is up and leaving. But then there's all the other stuff that has to come after that. Or the bills. The, the yeah. bills might be in your name. Yeah, the house that you're it's, leaving. It's it's yeah. it's massive. Um, there's no doubt about it. 
uh, it's quite a journey, um, but I think when you're ready to be on that journey, you're ready for it. Uh, and so you've got that inner strength to go, well, actually, those things aren't going to stop me from changing the situation. Yeah. Um, mm. There was something in there about guilt and shame that I wanted you... Are we going to go straight here. to there? Oh, no, we don't have to go straight there. You go well, where you want to go. So we're, we're, I'll remind people we're looking at The Gifts of Imperfection, a book by Brene Brown. And um, talking about shame, really. She's a researcher, um, this woman, and she, her whole life has been researching around um, shame and insecurity. Uh, so she's got some really interesting uh, books out. Um, and you can find her on YouTube too. She's amazing to watch. She's very engaging. Uh, funny. She is. She is. Yeah. yeah. She's very. Uh, uh, people have got. To, when you're talking, you have got to be a little bit entertaining. And, yeah, she's and, entertaining. And she she's great. She can oh, hold. I really like hold she your can, interest. Eh? <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's talking about. <laughs> so talking about basically the importance of. Um, shame happens between people and it heals between people. So talking, to someone mm. about the things that you feel shamed about. Mm. But I'm going to hazard a guess that you shouldn't just talk to anyone, any old person. Like you no. might like this because she's got a story here about someone who disclosed to her neighbour that she was an alcoholic. Mm. And the woman's like, oh, I'm not sure I want you hanging out with my children. She said, well, I've been sober for 20 years and you've known me for two and there's never been a problem. So oh. why, So I, you know, why has your view of me actually changed? So, you know, that was, yeah. So, yeah, no, so who, do you, who, do you, yeah. who do you tell? Very good who point. Do you, because, who do you talk to? Yeah, because sometimes we can uh, obviously share too much to people who don't have the ability to hold what you're sharing or even respect what you're sharing. And especially when you're sharing with somebody that, that has their own um, problems going on, it's probably not likely you're going to end up in a conversation where it's about what's going on for them, what's going on for you. It's just going to go, you know, it's going or, to bring or stuff if, out. Is it like if, if you say it to someone who's themselves got issues around shame, maybe maybe around the same topic, mm. that, they've, that they're probably going to react a little bit violently to, to that? Depending on what you're bringing no, I don't up. Mean, I don't mean physically yeah. violently, but just like have a strong reaction. Yeah, and it depends on what you're bringing up too. Um, I... You know, this is around boundaries, and boundaries mm. are in our life to keep you safe and others safe. So sometimes it's not good to share our st- story with just anybody because then it can be shared with others in Chinese whispers, you know. Before you know it, your, sh- your story is quite different than the one you shared, and, you know, you're quite embarrassed, which can lead to shame, obviously, what people might be saying about your story. So it's really important who you share with. Um, I would only ever share stories uh, that were intimate, you know, and, and had a, I had a reaction to with people who are very close to me that have been in my life a very long time, that have gone the hard yards with me that I can trust. But also the audience on the radio. Oh, well, that's different. I <laughs> <laughs> can't see you guys. <laughs> but but well, you're, also, you're kind of... I'm you've fine pro- with my stories now. You, yeah, you've, you've processed the stuff you're talking about, yeah, so it's I quite can, different. I can share the stories now, and I don't. Shame is not attached to them at right, all. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I want to let people know that too. You can walk out of the feeling of shame in mm. your story, mm. and you can actually feel empowered rather than shamed um, by the stories that you have because of the experiences you have that others don't have, and they have no clue about. 
And so when you talk from experience, that that is probably the highest thing you can talk from is experience uh, compared to somebody who just thinks they know. So even your experience is going to be different. Everyone's experience is different, but it's still ex- a lived experience that you can offer yeah. that others don't have. Uh, and and that can be unpacked and looked at. Uh, and if shame isn't attached to that, well, then we can do a lot of learning out of the stories that we can look at and, le- you know, and are able to, um, yeah, grab and, and, and learn for ourselves from this. So walking out of shame actually can empower other people. Yeah. So um, Brene Brown says in her book, like uh, Marie said, she does a lot of research and uh, she said, after a decade of, decade of research, I found that men and women with high levels of shame resilience share four elements. Uh, they understand shame and recognize what messages and expectations trigger shame for them. Mm. They practice critical awareness by real, reality checking the messages and expectations that tell us that being imperfect means being inadequate. Mm. They reach out and share their stories with people they trust, mm. which we were just talking about. And they speak shame. They use the word shame. They talk about how they're feeling and they ask for what they need. So shame really thrives, she said earlier. Um, I'm not, I can't quite find that paragraph, but in, in silence. Yeah, in the darkness. Yeah. In the, in the, in the reef seeds of the mind. It festers and grows. <laughs> if it's locked up, it, we keep it locked up, it festers, it grows, it consumes us, she, yeah. she said earlier. So, well, so perspective. And the, and the people who have shame resilience speak, speak it out. They use the word shame. Yeah. So they're not letting it fester. Yeah, exactly. So there's probably, yeah, I would agree with that. There would have been a time in my life where I would never have used the word shame because just even speaking that word, I would have felt um, totally under that word of shame. Like It would have just consumed me. Yeah, um, right. Now the word I don't have, it doesn't affect me, like, you know, because there, I don't feel the shame. Um, that I would have been carrying in my younger years. Uh, so just hearing that word, would have I would have felt embarrassed by it um, because my, my stories were still rolling around in my head and my, in my memory banks and, and my feelings and, and, and how I lived my life um, was an indicator of my stories. Um, yeah, so shame was, was everywhere. Uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have... I would not have... Um, considered myself equal with somebody who was holding down a job yeah. consistently. You know, I wouldn't have felt an equal to that person. Um, I was probably, you know, several rings down the down the ladder from them. Um, you know, it's a shame. It's you know, I was ashamed. Um, I wouldn't have held conversations with people. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Um, avoided, just avoided people in general. Yeah, because you don't see yourself as part of it, uh, almost separate, because you're not accepted or acceptable, and so you live the life of being what you think that others think that you are, unacceptable. And we live, we live in a society with that has so many status markers. Mm. You know, all Absolutely. those things about what you wear, what you drive, the house you live in. The way you talk, like you're yeah. like this, we, we we like to think we've got only one accent in New Zealand. We're not like the UK, but there are subtleties to our accents that let people know the way you talk, or even your demeanour. If you're like a professional class person or a middle yep. class person, you work yeah, you class might hold person. yourself. Yeah, all all the, there's all those signs that we all pick up. Yeah, Heck yeah. Um, which 
you know, I mean, this is just part of society that we live in. There's always going to be different, um, unfortunately, different levels of status, I guess, in society because that's the system that we live under. Um, but but what I'd like to encourage people, and yeah. <laughs> it's me being cheeky, is when you get in situations where you feel like this person has a power over you or that, that they uh, know something more than you or that they are more, 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 more than you, just, just remember that, that they go to the toilet like everyone else, <laughs> okay? Like you've got to bring it down to a level that is just human because when we start putting people on these massive pedestals, we, we, we uh, move away from the fact that they're just like you and me. Um, they're more skilled in a certain area. But in other areas, they're probably not. <laughs> you, find, you may find you're more skilled in, in um, relationship than they are or, or other things. That, mm. that, that filmmaker Michael Moore, who did a lot of radical films, he did this one thing once where he went to, he went to Washington, D.C. and talked to, to politicians and, and these really, really high-level bureaucrats and asked them, did they know how to change the washer in a tap? <laughs> and, and things like that. And they, all like, they were completely clueless yeah, about absolutely. this stuff. And it was, it was a really interesting thing to do. Yeah. Because he came from like a working-class background where yeah. you know, having some practical skills is valued in it. Yeah, and I can tell yeah. you, uh, for a woman at home, and if her, if her tap, or man at home, and their tap's dripping, you know what I mean? Like the, the um, I'd think quite highly of somebody that could come and change that and, and the what, know what yes. to do yes. um, rather than, than the person who's standing there going, well, you know, I can do the accounts for you. You know, right now I don't need an accountant. Right now no. I need somebody who can fix a tap. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, something else that's talked about in this book, I remind people the name of it, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, the difference between guilt and shame. Mm. Um do you want me to read this bit? Or yeah, do you want to read? yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, the majority of shame researchers and clinicians agree that the differences, or the difference between shame and guilt, is best understood as the differences between I am bad and I did something bad. Mm. So guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. It's mm. about who we are. Mm. So let's just stop there because guilt is I I did something bad. That's something I did. Shame is put on us. Like I feel bad. Like, do we, I feel we, ashamed. What, can we actually describe the difference in the feelings? Or is that a bit too difficult? Well, guilt is something that we've, like, uh, if I same. went into the supermarket and I stole something, if I stole something, you know, I'd have a feeling of guilt. Well, I hope I would. <laughs> I hope you would. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I know I certainly would because, yeah, I would. Um, I just wouldn't do it. But, you know, there's that feeling of guilt, like, oh, man, I feel, I feel guilty. You know, I did something wrong. Or it might be that, um, you know, anything that we do, uh, that is outside of what maybe the law is, uh, the rules are, because that's where we we do something wrong. You know, we well, that's, purposely yeah, that's we've a, done it with, with purpose. But I'm just wondering, like in the moment when you're feeling bad about it, mm. like you have regrets, you feel bad that you stole yeah. something, or you feel bad that you that you betrayed a friend. Um, yeah. Can you even tell the difference between guilt, yeah. guilt and shame? Yeah, because yeah, guilt, you I, can, I, you, I guilt you can ask for forgiveness. Guilt, you can say I'm sorry. Um, guilt you can own. Right. You know, shame is something that's put on you. And that's what the like justice. A cloak. That's what the, that's what the justice system is literally about. Justice is mm. is you are pinged for it. You're guilty, mm. and you pay your dues. Yeah, and and that's yeah. So and then and then supposedly and then you, you can come be out. released from it. Yeah. 
After if, you, if, yeah. you, if you release yourself from the shame. Well, the shame is, well, that might be quite different. Mm. You could go through a legal system where you pay for your crime, right, through a very logical system, and then you might have somebody out here going, speaking all this stuff, you stole, like, I'm just going to scenario here, yes. you stole the last um, baby's milk jar thing that was in the supermarket and now my child hasn't hasn't got food for okay. you know what i mean yeah. like and then you'll be like oh man you know oh you know that's that's really that was that's embarrassing that you know you may feel some sense of shame from that rather than the guilt of taking the the milk powder um you know there's a sense of shame that is put on us from an act rather than something we did on purpose that we knew we were going to do. If we pay our dues, we'll use that phrase, can that help lift the shame? It help lift the guilt um, of lift- that you'd, you'd feel from what you've done. Like you feel like you've paid your due, yeah. Okay, so the guilt, yeah, I paid my due. Shame is quite different. Shame may, you may have paid your due, but you may be still sitting under the impact of what you've done. And it may, um, and depending on what that is, um, because you know we're looking at different things that people can do. That's what's going through my head, and I'm thinking, well, what, what, the worst case scenario is that would put us in the sense of shame. I guess there's a lot about whether we believe people can change. You've made one mistake. Are you like that for life? Because wasn't part of your story at school that you were that a teacher or something had happened? I can't remember. Yeah. You talked about it, and, and yeah. it was like now you're the bad person. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I was put in shame, so I would. Um, get migraines if I did running I couldn't run yeah um and so I'd get migraines and and then I would vomit so wonderful eh um yeah sounds like fun yes so much fun um and my mum taught me the doctor to get a doctor's note to give to my teacher so I didn't have to do the cross-country yeah run and I was quite young and um yeah she she made me do it anyway and so I did the cross country because I was little and I didn't want to go against the teacher and she was also the, the headmaster's wife. So I was kind of like well, doomed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's and, what it feels like at that age, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's doomed, doomed, like, doomed. I've got to do this. And I did it, got a migraine at the end of it. And on the way, bus on my bus trip on the way home, of course, I vomited. And the next day I went to school and I was out of the classroom. I came back into the classroom. One of my friends said to me, oh, the teacher stood up, stood up and said, oh, okay, just everyone needs to be a little bit careful of Marie because she's got something wrong with her, with her head. Oh, <laughs> and so I went from... Yeah, so I went from the front of the class wanting to learn very much to the back of the class uh, with with the rejects because we were we were the rejects. Um, my friends became the ones who weren't wanted. Uh, we were the unwanted ones. One one of my friends had part of her foot cut off, and you know we were the rejects. <laughs> we didn't quite fit. Quite a collection. Yeah, there was quite a collection. Um, but but I felt shame, of course, from my teacher speaking that over the classroom. And I walked back into the classroom, and everything had changed. I went from somebody who was just a normal kid at school to somebody who something wrong with her head you know yeah. and I and I didn't <laughs> you know it's just a normal kid who you know well I you're too to... young to even cope then with the concept that well it wasn't even true no um, 
Yeah, and it was when I, I was um, dyslexic, which wasn't hadn't been noticed at that time. Yeah. So a lot of my even my writing skills and stuff like that weren't so good. So I guess it probably for her lined up that there was something wrong with me, but uh, in all reality, there wasn't. Uh, there and was, might have been something wrong with her. There the was teacher. well, something wrong with their level of professionalism, anyway. Well, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, there were certain things that weren't so great at that time, and um, but however. Um, and I was taken, my mum took me out of the school and, and thankfully put me in another one, uh, which was, yeah, I had good experiences. And I still got friends today from that school. Um, but did that, but did that message stick around? Oh, heck yeah. I went through all my, my school years. I, I went through everything. I, I just, I was a back of the class kid. I was so an unlearner. You're, <laughs> you're too young at that stage all through childhood to think about that you could be something else. Well, I just, I it kind of, uh, core messages can go in very quickly where we take a belief on that is who we are. And so I just felt dumb, you know. And so I looked at schoolwork through that perspective that I was just dumb, really. You couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it. I can't do that. It's so too you, hard. So you, didn't, so you didn't try? Well, it's not that I didn't try. I just knew I was never going to hit the mark. I was never going to be that, that student. I was never going to be... You know, um, the student that that was that got this. But that must that must limit what you're capable of. Because I know, because I because I did believe that I was capable mm. at school, and if, and if I was presented with a challenge, I was I'd be up for it. I'd be mm. like, I can do this. I can prove that I can do it. You know, those were the thoughts that I'd have in my head. I guess they're not the thoughts that you had no, in your head. No, that were... see, shame kept me from ever yeah. um, stepping outside of of wanting to achieve. So, and and but, but to that... line this up to what this looks like, I had another teacher who did. Um, she did all the creative stuff. So, for me, being dyslexic, I could I could write poetry like nobody else. Mm. I could rhyme r- words like it just happened for me. It roll out. Yeah. And so she saw me and she was like, "You're amazing." <laughs> like the, this, she kept used to keep my work. Mm. Um, we she did creative dancing back then, and she did all our kind of plays. And I remember I was she always made me feel great. In, in the plays, um, the creative dancing, she always wanted me to lead it. You know, so you had that feeling of I can do this. Oh yeah, I was I was it. free in her class. Right. That was yeah. the only class I look. I've got two standards I look at. Yeah. The one teacher that absolutely annihilated my um, my ability to learn. My yeah. Um, and the other teacher who uh, just encouraged and saw. The value and and what I and who I was and what I could bring to this to this subject, um, yeah, amazingly because my creative side uh, I've always felt very uh, good about, like yeah. feel very positive, but uh, having any um, ability for uh, the brainy part <laughs> was like, oh, you're a bit embarrassed now. Nah, probably don't really know. <laughs> Not oh, really that clever. We won't. I'm just not that clever, you yeah, know. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So where does did that ever change? Oh yeah. I mean, you totally. have a degree now, so yeah. A, no, just a, no, that doesn't make me clever. 
<laughs> I went through my degree and I, I, I just uh, I just hung on to get through my degree. C's you get were... degrees. C's get degrees, folks. Don't worry about those A pluses. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. C's but you are kind of you are kind of sounding like the person who thinks they're no good at academic stuff. The way you're talking now. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, even when I went back as an adult student, I was coming from you know I had to relearn everything. So if I was to go back again now. I think my I would be quite different because I'm used to the way I'm used to writing or I'm used to. It's hard going back like anyway. That. Like I did well at school, I got a university degree, but if I had to go back and do some academic stuff now, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it again, but um, it taught me heaps, and I'm so so thankful that I did because it 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 re it challenged my perspective. So, did you still think mm. you weren't very good at academic stuff when you started to do that, or had you improved your self belief? No, I thought I no, no. I thought I there's no way I could do this. But you did. Um, but you did it anyway. Yeah, I sat next to the brainiest guy in the class for the first year and a half, I think it was, because uh, he knew all the language and he was fantastic and would tell me oh, what this means. He didn't. Oh, he wasn't bothered right. by my questions. Like, what does that mean? And what does this mean? And and uh, so he was amazing. Um, thank, thank. I was really thankful for that, but. For a lot of the time of my learning, I would draw as I was learning. I'd doodle because that's the way that I receive information. Yeah. It's not about watching the person in front of me. I'm, I'm, I'll be drawing and, you know, and, that, and then I receive. So, yeah, I had to learn that about myself because I used to get growled at for drawing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to doodle when I was learning. Um, yeah, so I found it very hard to sit there and, and listen Marie's now clutched <laughs> at her chair. Makes you do, when you're a little, so make it, give yeah. your hands something to do. Yeah. It's so true. Very good observing. Yeah. Because that's what I was like. But like ugh. I mean, on. I remember, because we had desks, and I'd try and you know, get under the desk and get my pen out and do something. And I'd be like, bang, the desk would come down on you. You, know, you weren't allowed to do anything. You had to sit still and listen. You, know. you had to look. So yeah, kids, kids we, all learn, we all learn to look like we're listening. Ooh, look like you're listening. Yep, clap, clap, clap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so um, it was quite freeing for me in my adult years to be able to... I was waiting to be growled at. <laughs> stop stop doodling, Marie, you're not listening. I'm like, I am listening. <laughs> this is how I listen. But you were, but you were doing a degree in counselling, so they understood. Yeah, they that, understood that. that you had a, yeah. a learning style Yeah, like so that, that was quite freeing really for me. Yeah. Uh, freeing, I felt, I felt great. I didn't get told off. I didn't feel like I was on the outer. And that... Um, I could do this and not be singled out and, mm. and shamed. Mm. Yeah. Hey, we sort of right, well, we have run out of time. We've been talking to Marie, local counsellor therapist, talking about shame based on Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. I'll give you the subtitle as well. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. I mean, there's a lot more in this book than just about shame, but we're oh, looking yeah. at, at shame today. And um, Marie, you always, you seem to be a mine of personal experiences for us to talk about. <laughs> I'm not sure how great that is. Um, and of course, I'm usually pretty careful not to talk about my stuff. <laughs> so I probably sound like I'm really, I probably sound like I'm really together. Well, no, you do too because you've you've dealt with, you know, you like you. I guess for people who are struggling with things, your story is maybe more useful than than anything you get from me because you've worked through these things. And well, I think that any bits of gold we can grab along the way, grab it. What works for you? If that's going to work for you, you know. Take it and and develop it, because um, like I say many times, we get you know we get one shot at this life, um, you know, 
We want to get as much as we can out of it, and I don't mean that in a materialistic way. I mean that in a, in a human way, in a relational way, in actually being present and, and living uh, life. And you find as you start to do that, then the experiences we had don't have to... We, don't, we, don't, we aren't um, conditioned by what we've been through. We can come out the other side and develop and become stronger because of what we've been through. And that is an ex- extremely empowering place to stand in. Mm. Brilliant. All right. Thank you for coming in, Marie. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Hmm.